You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. for a week we're back and re-energized and better than ever welcome back everybody to the screening in kingston podcast uh so taylor now that the the secret is out that you are with child i can ask you on air how you feeling tired so the fact that you said we're re-energized i was like ah, maybe one of us (laughs) i am i'm not growing another human so i am tired but you know what mike i've been um Dan and I have been really lucky. Our knock on wood, we've had like a textbook pregnancy, like oh, in the best nice. sense, like yeah. no morning sickness. And like all the women who have been pregnant and have had a horrible time are going to hate me right now. But like <laughs> things have been going really well. I'm just like, I'm in the third trimester now. So I'm getting very big. And so when you get big, there's like aches and pains. But other than that and fatigue, I'm feeling good. Don't I know it. Don't I know it? When you get big, you get COVID bigness, right? Don't I know it? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but that's good. I'm, I'm glad that it's at least as much as, you know, you're probably, I'm sure, uncomfortable and things are at least entering the final stages. You're at least, you know, having a relatively good pregnancy knock on wood that that continues. Um, but that's good. Like, that's a really, that's really Pregnant? nice to hear Pregnancy is definitely um, a Cronenberg movie. Like, <laughs> I don't know. People probably know more about human anatomy than I do. But like, I must have skipped the biology class in like grade 11 when they taught us about pregnancy. But like, your bones move, Mike. Like, my rib cage what? is literally moving to make room for the baby. So it like hurts. How is that possible? The body just does it. Like it's, it's just like, move. yeah, yeah. So I'm actually surprised Cronenberg hasn't revisited pregnancy in his movies, to be honest, hmm. because it's like body horror, just any ways. You don't, you don't even have to like use your imagination. The fact that my bones and my organs are literally rearranging to make room for this baby is absolutely insane, but it's nature. So there you have it. I just, I can't every time, like just talking about like pregnancy and movies, still the scene from a quiet place with her in the bathtub and giving birth while the like creatures are chasing her. That's, that's the thing I think of where she has to stay quiet. Do you know the scene I'm talking about? Um, Emily Blunt I haven't seen quiet. it, but yeah, I you know haven't the... seen a quiet place. No. What? I just, it just didn't like strike me as, uh, I'm not really into like creature features. Oh, it's so good though. (laughs) But I know like the whole premise is that the creatures are attracted to noise. So they have to be quiet. There's a scene where she gives birth and, and the creature is, is in their home. So it becomes a whole big thing. And it is an extremely tense, really well done scene. Luckily excellent direction luckily i can make noise 
when given yes. birth. <laughs> yes, luckily, I'm not saying that a lot. That will not happen for you. You will Very, be able yeah. to hopefully just give birth without any sort of aliens around you. Yes. Fingers crossed. Um, uh, we've got quite a packed episode coming back. Uh, each of us saw a movie, and then um, we've got to talk about Bo Burnham making a return to Netflix with outtakes from inside. So that's kind of cool. That's interesting. We'll talk about that. And I've been getting the name of your movie wrong. I've been calling it Do Vengeance, but it's Do Revenge. So there yeah. you go. You're, you're got, doing Do Revenge. Today. I got big feelings about the name. So like, honestly, Mike, I'm not surprised you got the name wrong because I... <laughs> Do, Do Revenge is a really dumb name for a movie. Yeah, that's it's. I don't know why I thought it because maybe because I saw a movie, the, the movie Vengeance uh, a while ago, and I had that in my head. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Um, I'm going to talk about Don't Worry, Darling, kind of. Um, we'll get there, but I'm going to speak about the movie. I assume it's one that you'll get into it in your review, but I assume it's one of those movies where to talk about it too much is just like spoiler after spoiler. Yes, to a degree. And also, yeah, it wasn't very good. <laughs> and also, it wasn't very good. And also, something happened at my screening oh. that has me more perplexed and interested, and I'll probably talk about more than the movie itself. Please do. I will, yeah. So that that also, I think, when the mystery of something that happens in front of your face happens, it overshadows the movie, <laughs> the mystery of the movie. So I'll get into that. Um, but... We must start with a ton more fan questions and comments and thoughts that uh, have come through as people, I think, finally finished our three-hour episode. Um, so let's get into a couple of those um, before that. And I'll get into, there's a couple short ones here, just replying to some things. So I'm going to do those first. So first from Lily, all she wrote in was, I knew his name was Dan. I played that <laughs> part of the podcast for my friend many times because I was right. Success. Success. Good on you, Lily. Yeah, good, good, for, good for you. <laughs> um, Jacqueline, Jack, I still, okay. I, Jacqueline, I think, wrote, written in before, spelt a little differently, but I'm pretty sure it's Jacqueline because you haven't corrected me. So Jacqueline says, um, congratulations, Taylor, on the announcement of your pregnancy. I have a little one who came during the pandemic, pandemic baby alert, and I can promise you that even at a young age, having something to stream that's fun and interesting for them is extremely helpful during <laughs> some of the harder days. Um, so I definitely recommend considering that. I have a question for you about uh, little Georgie as to if you know what the first movie is that you want to introduce to him. The first movie that you want to introduce to him. That's an interesting question. Jacqueline, first of all, thank you for your congratulations and your vote of confidence for streaming with your baby. Um, you know, it's so funny. Dan and I spent a lot of time talking about um, how much screen time will he get? At what age do, can we stop showing him things? Like at like two weeks old, you can watch horror movies, but at like six months, maybe not. Like we're, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, we're weighing yeah. that. But you know, it's funny. <laughs> I don't think we've actually settled on what the first movie will show the baby there's like things we'll watch and we'll be like oh we can't wait to show the baby that ah that's a tough one i know i 
it's not a movie, but it's a TV show. I've been hearing really good things about the children's television show called Bluey. Mike, hmm. your nieces and nephews are too old now, I think. But is it meant for like babies, like little little? Kids? Yeah, like toddlers. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're all too old. Yeah. It's about an uh, an Australian shepherd dog named Bluey. It's a cartoon. <laughs> <Okay>. So <laughs> I've heard like really good things about this. Like parents are having like Bluey birthday parties. It seems like it might be the new Paw Patrol, but better. Hmm. So in terms of like tv i feel like bluey might be <laughs> the first thing but i'll have to think about movies i am so bad like mike you're probably the same way i don't know what's age appropriate oh yeah i have no like, idea <laughs> <laughs> none whatsoever the things that i would want to introduce my children to are like the lord of the rings but it's like at a certain age that's gonna scare them yeah so like that's right? one that's one that um you know dan's a huge lord of the rings fan so like that's one we would want, definitely want to introduce our child to. But like the orcs are really scary. They are, yeah. They're absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Especially that first, like that first movie's terrifying um, because the the like um, the riders and all their cloaks who are like chasing the hobbits at the beginning, like that's frightening. That was frightening when I first saw it, and I wasn't like a, a child. I was in high school, I think, and and that was that was a frightening scene. So that's yeah. I don't know what age is age appropriate. I'm just happy you didn't say say the crow, because <laughs> like I know that's not age appropriate. It would be like when the kid is like 13 or 12. Yes, exactly. That's but when I'm, you go for the crow. Yeah, because because around that age, 13, 12, you want those kind of dark cool. Ones, right? Yeah, like the, cool, the cool, edgy. Movies. Yeah. Um, I will say that the baby is coming at like peak christmas movie season mm. and so just by virtue of the holidays like the first movies georgie is gonna watch are like christmas movies yeah <laughs> just because that's the the season but um if there's any child development experts listening in please write in and let me know what's appropriate for a zero to one year old <laughs> to watch <laughs> yeah. i mean we are we are hoping to limit screen time um, just as like a personal choice, but like, like Jacqueline said, with the pandemic, we'll see, we'll see how long that lasts. See how long that lasts. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, it is, I think a lot of parents, or at least that I've heard people who I know have become parents, a couple friends and stuff have said they try to do the same thing, but then it's just like, when things are just crazy, you put on Cinderella and they're just so happy. That you're like, oh, I can get laundry done because they'll just watch Cinderella and it's fine. So I've you heard that from a lot of people. You do. And, and you know, there are they stick to certain movies that are like, you know, more age appropriate. Like, like I'm saying, like the Disney Pixar stuff where yeah. it is just kind of fun for them and it's, it can't really do too much harm. So, yeah, I think that that, uh, that makes sense. But you're right. I, I did kind of forget that when you said up until like six months you could probably watch anything in front of them. They're not going to retain it or even they probably pay attention. They don't know. But once you hit a certain age, they start to become more aware, I guess, right, of, of what's going on. So, Well, like, yeah. when they're first born, their, like, vision isn't even fully developed yet. <laughs> That's true. So, That's like, true. it doesn't I don't know anything about babies, Taylor. I mean, like, what do you... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about babies either, Mike. I'm learning. I'm learning as well... I go. But I do know that their, their vision is not fully developed, mm. like, in the first weeks. So, truly... Wow. You could watch whatever you wanted. They would have nice. no idea. Yeah, you could you could do the whole Lord of the Rings extended cut 
All the conjuring. Worry about, yeah, all the conjuring films. Yeah, that's what you should do. When when the babies really just sit there get you gotta get a picture of you holding the baby watching the conjuring. The nun. Because that would be hilarious. Yeah, the nun. Yeah, the nun specifically, the nun. Oh, oh, that's terrifying. Okay, uh, next question here. So we've got uh, Tyler Vance has written in. Dear Taylor and Mike, I am a few weeks out of uh, step with screening in Kingston due to a vacation out west. So forgive me that I'm reaching back uh, with a little bit following the series of congratulatory comments. So he's got a series of congratulatory comments. He's written them out in sequence. Congratulatory comment number one. Well, there can be no better way to start off than a hearty congratulations to Taylor on the terrific news. So happy for you and old what's-his-name. <laughs> he, put, he put a smiley face. Hope all is well uh, that the transition in family size from two to three people is a smooth one. Also, in a postscript, he says, for the record, I do know Dan's name. I was making a comment. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Tyler says, number one is to congratulate you again, Taylor, and of course, what's-his-name on your baby. Thank you, Tyler. Um, congratulatory comment number two Congrats on a fantastic 200th-ish episode. The three-hour runtime was uh, perfect for my plane ride out west. You guys uh, kept the boredom at bay and gave me something to focus on that wasn't uh, incredibly cramped legs. Oh, so we were his uh, airplane it. <laughs> Our own show is that's the airplane. Yeah. Airplane, it. airplane it. Yeah, I think that's for, very appropriate. For everyone complaining about the three-hour length, it's because it's an airplane it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we did get some interesting comments. I mean, I'm not going to read them all here because sometimes comments come in through the website and they're like one word or two words. They're just suggestions or people can comment on episodes on any of the podcasts. And people were like, why is it so long? Do you know it's this long? And then, of course, like people at the beginning were complaining because it was only an hour and it cut off. Do you know what cuts off? I'm like, yes, <laughs> we're fixing it. And then once everything got repaired, I'm pretty sure I saw one time the same person who said, do you know it cuts off? Said, do you know it's three hours long? And one, like the same name, I don't know the name, but like the screen name was the same. I'm like, what? You're just going to complain about anything? Random screen name? You guys, uh, we were just giving you what you wanted, content. If exactly. anything, we've it's learned. It's all for you. <laughs> yeah, it's all for you. It's all content. But now we know it's an airplane it. So yeah, there you go. We know. We've learned. <laughs> Uh, congratulatory comment number three. Also, congratulations on another terrific, terrific TIFF episode. There's always those are always one of my favorite of the year. Nicole got me super excited for Women Talking. Sarah Pauly's last feature film, Stories We Tell, is one of my favorite films ever. The People's Joker, and yes, The Fableman too. Someday I will make it to TIFF. Maybe next year. Yeah, it's hard to go to TIFF. I guess while he's, while he's on a train out west or plane or whatever he's doing. Uh, sincerely, Tyler, you owe me a dumpling. Or a dumpling equivalent dance. I don't I know what that's a reference to. I don't understand that reference. Dumpling. Maybe it's a reference a to. Wait, oh. that sounds so familiar. That's oh, something. yes. That's from a. That's from that's from Bo. It's from it's from inside. It's from one of the outtakes. Oh, yes. The song from the he's outtakes. singing the about song. five years. <laughs> They've been dating yes. for five years. And she takes is the, that the same. Yes. Is that the same <laughs> song where he she like is the spider? And he's like, oh, look, look at all the, the years of feminism goes down the drain. And yeah. there's a spider in the room. Yeah. He's like yes. arguing with him. He's playing both him and his partner. And the girlfriend. In this, yeah. in the girl, like he's playing both sides in this song. That was really funny. 
that was one of the i think the funniest episodes. i laughed out loud yeah that was that was a really funny one okay so thank you for that tyler i didn't get it at first but uh, next one comes there. from. We got, uh, there the we got there. We got there. Yeah, we got there. Uh, <laughs> next one comes from Helen. Uh, Helen. Helen says, "Congratulations uh, to you, Taylor. I'm new to this podcast, but I see that you take uh, fan suggestions, and I think it would be really interesting for you to review the movie What to Expect Well When Expecting on your last show before Taylor leaves. Keep up the great work. I'm loving that Queens has a movie review show, and that's from Helen." Well, welcome to the show, Helen. Um, yeah, so I th- isn't that a book? What to expect when but expecting? But they, I think Cameron Diaz might be in that movie. They adapted it. Do you remember this? Like it was like the late two thousands, and they kept adapting kind of like self help books into movies. So another one is that ensemble cast movie. Um, He's just not that into you, which is oh, I a saw book. that one. I didn't realize that yeah. was a book. Really? Yeah, so there was this like it's a series in time. Where Hollywood was like, enough with fiction books or like, whatever. let's do nonfiction books now. So anyways, well, I want yeah, to say, hel- say Cameron Diaz is in that movie. I'm looking it up now. Cameron Diaz is in it. Jennifer Lopez, Dennis Quaid, Elizabeth Banks, Anna Kendrick. It's like a, yeah, it's an ensemble. Chris Rock. Joe Maganello. What is he doing in there? Um, yeah, this is a, this is a an interesting cast um, you know what would be what would make a great episode not just that uh re- reviewing that but like a couple mm-hmm. baby themed movies yeah like, that would be fun maybe um, we should try to t- time that with one of your last episodes before you go on leave like we could do like some baby themed or something father the bride 2 that's a good one yep that's a good one it doesn't necessarily have to down. be movies we haven't <laughs> seen before but like father yeah. the bride 2 what to expect when you're expecting. Yeah, I'm a little confused though. Like I do, I, I mean, I have seen He's Not That Into You. So I guess they'll do the same thing where they make it a plot. I just thought that was a regular movie. I didn't realize um, that it was based on something. So that's kind of yeah. that's kind of interesting. That makes me feel slightly better actually about reviewing this because I was like a, a self-help book. I, I thought, well, how would you make that a plot? But I guess, you know, I guess they did. They did it. Okay, so... So fans, we'll, we'll look up a couple other baby ones, but yeah. And you can write in your favorite baby movies. Yeah, I've got Father of the Bride 2. What look to expect. Who's talking. We're expecting. Look who's talking, definitely. Um, we'll do like, yeah, we'll do like a baby episode review a couple of these. Excellent. Um, okay, next uh, fan question comes from, oh, Chris. Chris, friend of the show. Yes, we couldn't remember. I couldn't remember his name on the anniversary episode. Uh, Chris, <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, Chris says, uh, "I think I'm appropriately snarky." Taylor, have a good baby. <laughs> and that's for Chris. Uh, Thank <laughs> you, Chris. I will have a. Have I will try my baby. best to have a good baby. That was great. Uh, thank you, Chris. Good to hear from you. It's been a while. I. I have never thought of Chris's emails as, as snarky. Um, but I guess Chris agrees with the rest of you and says it's appropriately snarky. Yes. It's not too much. It's just the right amount. <laughs> the, the right amount. Um, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm lost my spot, but I'm back. So let's go, let's go to Josh, the inquisitor here, uh, who says, Oh, Hey, and for both of us, what outtake? do you think should have made it into the final cut of Inside? P.S. 
Taylor, I finally checked out the Smile trailer. It looks creepy, and I like it. Okay, Josh the Inquisitor. Um, Mike, are there other questions, or are we? Is this a good segue into our movie review? This is a good. This is a good segue. Let's do the segue right in to talk about inside the outtakes, the hour long of outtakes. Um, by saying, what do you think should have made it in? Was, is there an outtake that you thought should have made it in? Probably the dumplings, the dumpling song, the five year. So just like a little background on, I don't know if you could call it a skit, but like, as I'm hoping people who are listening to this recall, Bo Burnham did and in, did inside, which was like feature length, right, Mike? Like it was like a more than an hour, I think in length. Oh, it was, it was just over an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. It was like a featured special. Yeah. And he did, he put that out a year ago and the premise was that he locked himself in his guest house and like made this like special and because his traditional medium before he went to directing was like satire music, like comedy music, I guess that's what it's mm-hmm. called. So mm-hmm. um, now exactly a year later so we're actually probably over a month or so late to reviewing this but essentially a year later he put out an hour-long special of the outtakes of like different songs and the and the editing footage and things like that so the most memorable to me was definitely the song he sings the song about (laughs) it's five years into a relationship with his girlfriend so essentially you know the magic is gone (laughs) And uh, I thought I thought it was a banger. That's the thing. Like, he has a very good voice, which was, like, what really struck me. Oh, he's a um, great singer. Yeah, he can really yeah. sing. Yeah. Like, I hope he does, um, like, a musical or something. Like, I could really see him, like, doing a musical. I know you don't like musical movies, but I'm like, wow, that's kind of a... Why are if it's we good, I would like I would like it if it's good. I don't have a problem with the genre. I just don't think they're done well. So yes, if they if they have if they cast good singers, that's a that's a step in the right direction. I think he's quite talented. To be fair, like I don't know how much like um after producing he's done, but like he sang during his Netflix comedy special, so there wouldn't be a lot of uh a lot of uh like vocal fine tuning during those and he no, sings well he, then so i think he he's sings just a good during singer. all of his stand-up like all yeah. of his stand-up he does his songs and stuff so he's always been singing so he clearly is just a good singer and i think that um uh that movie he was in uh which name literally just slipped out of my head proves that he can act promising young well woman well. promising, promising young, young woman thank you uh, yes, that proves he can act well. So clearly he could do a musical and he'd be very good in it. Um, so but I agree with you give us a that. musical. So would you, is that the segment you would want in the... Well, in the yeah, final? I mean, to me, to me, that was the most complete thing that he did that he cut. Like you kind of got snippets of other things, but that was kind of the most complete thing that I thought would work. I really liked the fake like YouTube ads and stuff that kept <laughs> popping up. Now I know he, pr- he probably cut that, like he cut that out thematically because it probably would have gone through the whole special, but he just probably decided, okay, I'm not going to do this. So I liked that through the outtakes, it was all those things cutting in and he was doing like all the different various commercials and ads. I really thought that was funny. That was the other time that I think I laughed out loud was during a lot of those. So that would be my, I think, pick. Yeah. 
I am um, one thing that I was struck by. I haven't rewatched the special. I did listen to the soundtrack a couple times after watching it a year ago, but I haven't mm-hmm. returned to it in like about a year. And um, it even watching the outtakes, I was struck by two things. Number one, he definitely makes content for people who are, and there's, I think there's like a term for this. You see it on Twitter, like people who are very online, like a yes. certain age group <laughs> yes. where you like came of age and he's actually, um, he's one year older than me. So like, he is like my cohort in terms of age. So like this, this group of y- young adults, um, now like fully adults, who came of age while being very online. And I'm thinking like, I don't know if someone even 10 years my senior or 10 years my junior would would like feel the same things I feel while watching this special in the outtakes. Mike, I know you're only like a handful of years older than me, but like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, this is for people who like are internet people. <laughs> Oh, with without a doubt. Like I actually think that my like age bracket is the last that would relate to this. Because yeah. I was thinking about that, like even people four or five years older than me, I don't think that they would get it as much. Because I when I was in high school, that's when the internet really started to take off. And I can remember the day Facebook went public. It was at Harvard for a long time. And like the day that it it was now a public thing that you could have. Like everyone had MySpace pages before, Napster. I remember all that stuff um, before any like, you know, even before cell phones were huge. Like there were instant messaging chat systems that you had um, on your computer. Like he's speaking to the generation that grew up with, we have YouTube. We have the internet access on our phones. We have this instant connection. But we also know what it was like without it. Mm Because, like, that's, I think, the difference is that um, people like my cousin's age who are, like, in their 20s and even, like, my cousin's kids now, they don't know anything but the internet. And, like, maybe, you know, like, everyone's always like, oh, the younger generation. But I feel like it's just he's capturing such a zeitgeist that... I don't know if other age groups other than our own can relate to in the sense of this, like, it's all we know, but we also know it's bad. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. he's, like, super critical of it. Anyway, so that was the number one thing that struck me. And then the second thing that really struck me um, watching the outtakes was that, again, like, such as, like, guys, like, it brought me back to, like, the worst days of the pandemic. I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah. when I watched, I'm, I'm almost positive that I cried, like stress cried while watching the full movie um, like a year ago. Because like it mm. was, even then we were like kind of coming out of the pandemic, but it like brought me right back to like 2020. You don't know when mm-hmm. the lockdown is going to end. You can't leave your house. We weren't going to work. Like, that like sense of like claustrophobic anxiety. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, and again, we debated this on the show, Mike. I felt like it was very genuine. I felt like this was like, go send Bo help. And you thought it was more performance art. But watching 
the outtakes, he doesn't break character. No, I'm I, watching the outtakes. I'm even more convinced that it's performance art. That like even the, even the outtakes were 100. Outtakes he, were like part of the. Yeah, you cannot. I'm. I'm like that, that's the thing. I know. I know what I'm about to say is going to like set some people off, but just listen and and give me a chance here. For everyone, depression and those types of like mental health things that it would seem Bo's going through or, or like he's putting on those types of things can make it very hard to accomplish and do things. It can, like not everyone, like some people can still like fight through it and do things, but a lot of people, a good chunk of people, it really affects them in a very, very negative way. I don't think he can do all those things. And even in the outtakes, like there's the scene where he's got lighting gels and he's just sitting there like flicking the gels to change the lights and trying to decide what to do. It was that moment where I'm like, oh, you're acting. Like a hundred percent because right. you're doing such technical work. I remember doing that in theater where you have to like, and you, you have to have a critical eye. You have to be able to see it outside and all that, like the editing he put together, like always oh, trying things and screwing up and what have you. I just think he was never going to break character because he knew, oh, I can do some extra things with this. Like, I don't know what's like the moment he pressed is. play, the moment he pressed play, I'm in play, character was... and I'm going, yeah. And I'm sure I'm not trying to devalue what I'm sure he was feeling like a lot of people were. I'm sure he felt those feelings or else how can he write those songs and get things so accurate, right? I'm sure he was, but I still think he was fine because I like think he was he, so functional. A hundred percent because this well, maybe that again would pull I don't you want... out of a funk too, yeah. <laughs> right? Like it would. You're, you're now focused on something. And what did he say in the, in the special? There's one line in the outtakes where he's like, I've been... I'm going to finish now because I've been doing this for six months or something. Like he was like, I'm done. This is all I've been doing for this long time. And I think to me that that, yeah, that shows me he's putting on a performance. It's a, it's quite, yeah. I don't know enough about like the artist's craft to like give like a very nuanced uh, review, like a breakdown of that. For me, it just felt so authentic. And I guess like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether or not no, it, it really was a doesn't. performance or like he was just kind of like more like video diary because it like caused me to emote and to remember mm-hmm. and like to go back to a place and um yeah, well done, Bo. But in terms I would of imagine that's act- the point anyway. Like I yeah. imagine regardless, his point was to do exactly what it did for you. So, yeah, that's good. Like, to me, the, the, none of this is to be negative. It's to compliment him. He's a fantastic writer. He's a fantastic director. And he's a fantastic performer. And that's proven by invoking an emotional response in someone else. And this is such a perfect, to me, what I really like about the special is it's a time capsule. It's going to be able to be watched years later and dissected by people saying, yeah, this is what it was like. Like it was not for everyone. Like I obviously Bo is someone who like he's staying in his guest house for heaven's sakes. I mean, the guy's not strapped for cash, but again, the things he's singing about and talking about are relatable to people who went through the pandemic. So I I think there's a relatability there too. Because I'm poor. I was like, Oh my gosh. Can you imagine his Amazon order? For like all, all of that equipment. (laughs) And like, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, here we were like I I was very fortunate during the pandemic I didn't um even though I wasn't going into the office I still worked through the whole pandemic um and so when I say I poor I'm poor I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek but like all I could think about was like oh my gosh like 
what was his Amazon bill? Because like, what are the chances <laughs> that he had like all of that stuff? Oh, he would have had to order house. a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like he probably had like you know he had his laptop and everything, but like the all of the extra lighting, all of the, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, in terms of like. I, I, this wasn't what I thought it was going to be, Mike. I thought it was going to be a compilation of songs that didn't make it into the, I guess, like, when I heard outtakes, Mm -hmm. I thought it was literally going to be, like, kind of, like, the B side of the album. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I thought (laughs) it was going to be more, like, so, like, the the dim song, the dumpling song, I thought it was just going to be an hour of, like, song footage. So for people who haven't seen it yet, it's not that. It's like a, a compilation of like his editing outtakes. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. he would play a song and then on the screen would be all the different outtakes of the same song. So anyways, I, it doesn't have a narrative like the, you know, no. it's. And it's not like a, a compilation episode. Like if you think of like, um, like, a, you know, a sitcom where their hundredth episode is like a clip show. It's not a clip show. It's literally outtakes of him making the special, like the original special from a year ago. So like, as someone who's not always very intro, like I... That's not my first thing. Like, I'm not like, oh, I'm dying to know how this movie was made. Like, that's not me. So I was kind of like, oh, like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? So I didn't love this special, this like compilation episode or whatever you want to call it. Um, I thought it was interesting, but I'm much more inclined to like go back if anything, it made me want to go back and watch the original special all over again. Mm-hmm. So I guess in a way it was successful, but like yeah. it was not what I thought it was going to be when I went in to watch it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, overall I enjoyed it. I, I was less um, concerned about what it was. Like I didn't really have any thoughts going into it. So I think that that helped me just kind of sit back and just watch it and see what happened. And some of the things were just, strange and it made sense why it was cut out and some of the stuff again made me laugh again and i think i did have the same feeling coming out of this being like wow it's not the special makes me kind of want to watch the special again um but i just think if you liked the special you'd probably get a kick out of this and it might make you want to revisit it and it's probably like a cool back-to-back screening where there you go there's like a long movie night for you so that like to me in our rating, like I would give it a see it because I'm saying if you like the first one, you're going to like this outtakes thing. It is kind of casual. It's just an hour long of just a bunch of stuff. But there's enough in there, I think, that will make you laugh. If you're a fan of Bo Burnham, it's it's just him doing his stuff again. For me, it was a little bit too weird. Mm. <laughs> so for me, it's a skip it. I will say, though, um, he re-released the album like the because you can watch you can listen to the original special on like spotify and probably Mm -hmm. on youtube like wherever you guys stream your music you young people whatever um and so he's re-released that album plus the the new songs like quote-unquote new 
but or like the cut songs from this special plus instrumental music. So mm. for me, I would say skip the the outtakes and just listen to the album. But again, yeah. that's just like my personal preference. I didn't need all of the weird performance arty <laughs> stuff. Like I don't know. I don't I know. Like- I don't know, Taylor. I loved the scene where you got without any um without any volume and without any soundtrack, you got him just sitting there being the like the for the white woman Instagram stuff and like doing right. all the weird stuff for the photo. <laughs> You're just like making the faces and just kind yeah. of like playing in the sand and what have you. Like that was pretty funny. That made me laugh too. So, you know, personal preference, Mike. Again, exactly. like I, I could have skipped that. Um, <laughs> I also have no problems like listening to comedy albums, right? Like mm, mm. um this is really gonna date me, but like I'm pretty sure like at one time I had like a Dane a Dane, Dane Cook CD and would just like listen wow, to Wow, that's his, a throwback. Yeah, listen to his stand up. <laughs> He's probably been canceled. So like don't come at me. I was very young. But like so like I don't know, like for me I could take or leave the the visual of it, right? And I have no problem just listening to the like auditory stuff. So for me again it's a skip it. But like yeah. Mike, your review is totally valid. I think it's just like people know what they like, right? So for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and you'll know listening whether or not you're whether or not you would like it. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Let's um, let's get to our movies. Um, why don't you talk about Do Revenge first? Um, because I've I again sometimes you pick movies that I've just never heard of, even though I know I know some of the names of the people um, who who are in the movie, but um, I've never heard of it. So tell me more. So Do Revenge number one. I hate the name. I wish yes. it was called Let's do revenge don't you think that makes a much better name let's do revenge sure yeah yeah right uh, so yeah. anyways number one out the gate don't let the name scare you even though it's a really dumb name the movie is better than the name so this is a netflix release i think it came out now um it's hard to say because we had a week off. I want to say like maybe three weeks ago. Like it's a fairly new right. release, um, like a fall release. It has people you're going to recognize. It has um, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller does a, um, she has a cameo. Um, she's mm-hmm. the headmaster. It's, it's uh, Robin from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. That yep. actress. Maya Hawk. Yep, my hawk, child of our favorite Ethan Hawk and uh, Uma Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman. Yeah, <laughs> and and I apologize. I'm gonna have to look up this name. It's she's from Riverdale. Uh, Camilla um, Mendez. Yeah, she's the dark haired. I think Veronica. She's Veronica in Riverdale. So, um, interestingly, I <laughs> I thought about this earlier this week. Netflix is like the new studio system. So for people who are interested in movie history, which is probably like 1% of our, our listenership. <laughs> oh, um, like it. <laughs> prior to like the 1950s, like the 1950s was the end of the studio system. But essentially um, the major studios would have a repertoire of actors that they had on retainer or contract. And they just like would always make the movies for that studio. So like MGM had like their roster of actors and if say you know say they wanted to make a movie for um 
<laughs> trying to think of like Warner Brothers, which I don't think existed then. But like, you know, they wanted to make a movie for another studio. They actually would have to get permission from their home studio mm. to go to the other studio to make movies. Um, and yeah. often their home studio would say no. <laughs> so like <laughs> it was a very flawed system. And there's like lots of reasons why it broke down like at the end of the 50s and into the 60s. But I'm sure Netflix isn't telling their actors no. But it is, don't you find, Mike? Like now, like um, think of Millie Bobby Brown. Like yeah. how she's in all this Netflix stuff, Sadie, um, like all the Stranger Things kids. Um, so that's a really interesting <laughs> thing. I'm oh, like, I'm sure yeah. it is a contract. Like I'm sure it's contracted where they have to do a certain amount. I mean, that's what Marvel yeah. does. Here's your you nine picture yeah. content. Yeah. So I'm sure it's the same thing. I absolutely think that's exactly what's happening. So it's like everyone thinks, like we all like to think, oh, everything's brand new. No, everything's old. Netflix is just the new studio system. Just like streaming is the new cable. Like whatever. Like people are like, we invented streaming. No, you just reinvented cable. And now we're probably paying more. <laughs> yeah, <for> exactly. <laughs> so anyways, that's the cast. So um, it is... Uh, it came out a couple, three, three weeks ago, whatever it came. And I started seeing it promoted on social media because I follow Sarah Michelle Geller on, that's her name, right? Buffy. I say yeah. it out loud and it sounds wrong, but yeah, no. no, that's her. Yep, yeah. That's her name. Um, she was promoting like the red carpet on her Instagram. And then I was seeing stills from it and I thought, oh, like, I'll give this a try, whatever. So like went in. No expectations. You know what I mean? I'm like, if anything, I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be really stupid. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm watching it and it's like, I'm like, this movie is going of two ways. Either this movie is like a love letter to 80s, 90s, early 2000s teen movies. Or it's like a modern teen comedy that's taking itself really, really seriously. So I th- depending on how you watch the movie, that's going to dictate how you liked it. So when I right. when I decided, I'm like, no, this movie is a love letter to teen movies. I fell in love with the movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, I just I'm like, I'm just like, can't take this movie seriously. It's very campy, very kitschy. And I think that's the intention. Like, I don't think this is supposed to be like a serious movie like I think it is supposed to be a satire I hope um it does have like modern themes like it definitely has like um you know like kind of current politics like what high school students now I guess would be like what would consider like their politics or whatever um so it does have things to say about that but like visually and like the writing and the direction and the acting you think you were watching like an 80s or 90s teen teen comedy Mm. so anyone who's a fan of that genre i think you're gonna get a kick out of it just know (laughs) it is very like what i assume high school is like now so it might be a little bit out of touch from what your school experience might have been but um oh and also it's taking place at like an elite boarding school so, so, you know, if you didn't go to an elite boarding school, obviously it's not going to be like your high school experience. But I'm just trying yeah. to say it, it's like a modern teen comedy, but with all the trappings 
of like an 80s or 90s teen comedy does that make sense yeah no so yeah the the premise like i don't i'm not going to give anything away but the premise is essentially um there's these two girls who are attending the school one played by um veronica what's her name again car uh camilla mendez camilla mendez and then um maya hawk (laughs) <laughs> I'm so bad yeah. with names. My Hawk plays the other girl. And essentially it's like strangers on a train. They meet and they decide to do um get revenge on each other's like enemy, if that makes sense. Mm. Like they both have to so they team up. Yes, to, they to team up each other. Yeah. And they swap their revenge so that no one knows uh, that, you know, they're responsible for the revenge that's taking place. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. And like shenanigans ensue. <laughs> as they want to do (laughs) yes and there's twists and there's turns and whatever Mm -hmm. so for me this is a uh i would go so far as to say it's a see it it's a weak see it strong stream it um in a you know in a world where like everything's a remake everything's Mm -hmm. a sequel um even though this like definitely plays homage to like a very certain genre and even though like right. it's not the most like unique story it is like a standalone movie you know what i mean so in yeah, a and yeah. especially with like such a slow summer of like blockbusters this to me is like worth putting it on on an evening or the week uh, like a weekend night i think it's just under two hours maybe an hour and a half two hours it didn't feel too long the act the chemistry between the leads is really great and there's just so many Easter eggs for people who grew up with this genre of film, um, like from like costuming to writing um, to kind of like bits that happen, like in the <laughs> in like visual bits, I guess you could say. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was worth a watch. I like I went in with no expectations and I enjoyed myself. It did take me about 20 minutes to be like, OK, what are they doing? But then once I was like, okay, just enjoy it, you know, just watch it for what it is. I really did enjoy it. So it's a, a weak, see it, strong stream it for me. Okay. All right. That's <laughs> as usual, uh, uh, in between rating. From, from <laughs> I don't like, <laughs> it's hard to commit. You know, our, our listeners, you gotta, you gotta follow your hearts when you listen yeah. to our show. That right? makes sense. Follow <laughs> your heart. Um, <laughs> great. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit about Don't Worry Darling, um, which is a movie that we've talked a little bit about because of all the scandals. The controversy. Uh, I've, I've done so much more reading and research on all, all the controversy uh, leading so up Mike, to that. Because there's just, there's so much. There's so much. Mike, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta give us the lowdown. Is the movie worth the controversy? Oh, absolutely not. No. That's what I thought. Uh, The movie (laughs) is... The movie... So the movie has moments that are are kind of interesting. Um, And this is a film that I think was probably produced and put together based upon, like, just a general concept that was presented. Whether that's Olivia Wilde as the director or the writer, writing team, like, whoever pitched the idea and the movie was made on the strong idea, but then when they, you know, fleshed it out and put all the kind of content into it, it just became shallow and bland. 
Um, this is Which not. Which is kind of that's what I'm getting a sense from the reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's just it's it it really you know as I think the only thing I think people will know from any trailers or hearing things that you know you have a general sense of of uh, of the plot, but basically the plot that we're given and we're presented with is there's this community that seems very like standard, um, perfect 1950s suburban community, but all the uh, men work for some company and you don't know what that company does. And, and Chris Pine is, is some sort of uh, leader of the community. And that's pretty much all you kind of know. And that aspect of the movie, especially at the beginning, is kind of interesting. Like I would say the first 40 minutes or so of this movie is, is, is kind of interesting. Um, and then like what are they more, doing? What are they hiding? Exactly. And that mystery is kind of interesting and it is kind of good. And again, I think we, we talk about performances. Florence Pugh elevates everything in this movie. Without her, there is no way this would have worked whatsoever. Um, everyone else, this is something that actually a uh, friend of Taylor, friend of show, Nicole said to us over Instagram in a message or, or a, a leaving a comment was that every actor seemed like they were in a different movie. Um, <laughs> and that is true. <laughs> very, very true. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think heard, the more. Mike, I heard good Go things about Chris Pine. Chris Pine is good. Um, and I think what this movie for me was lacking was a little bit more Chris Pine. Like there um, just wasn't there, enough. There's one. Yeah. There's one excellent scene between him and Florence Pugh. And all I was thinking at the end of the movie was, why didn't we have six or seven of those? Like the right. two of them toe to toe would have been, I think, more of an interesting way to go because it was more like compelling than the rest of the movie. Um, so for me, at least, I, I really did think that the movie just fell short and was very shallow and Florence Pugh was incredible. Chris Pine was definitely good. And then every all, everyone else was just sort of there. Um, a couple of like, quick notes that I wrote down. This movie would have been better with Shia LaBeouf um, <laughs> over Harry Styles. 100%. Like Taylor, once you see this movie, I couldn't stop picturing him. You know how we said before? Right. Like how could, how could Harry Styles play this character and Shia LaBeouf? Like they're so different. It it was so very much written for Shia LaBeouf or, or that right. type of actor. Like uh, the whole time, I'm like, oh, he would have like killed this. He would have been incredible in this role. Harry Styles is bad. He's, That's what people are saying, Mike. That's what the really bad. Yeah, but I, I will do it. One defense, maybe for Harry's. So prior to the movie coming out, uh, a video went around with him with this like really weird accent, and people were like. What is he doing? So my supervisor, who was born and raised in the UK, said, no, no, no. Like, he's not doing an accent. That's just his accent. So clarification mm-hmm. from a <laughs> native-born UK person. I mean, I don't know what he was doing in the rest of the movie. But, like, the the clip that well, was going around, everyone was like, yeah. why is he going in and out of his American accent? He's not trying to do an accent. He can't. He's not a good enough actor. <laughs> No, and actually, I will like during the movie there were moments where I was thinking, "Is is his accent dropping?" Like there I think were moments where, where he would he... say one thing, but just the way here he is, yeah, yeah, and that's fine. Like 
the accent was the least of my concern. It was his <laughs> bad acting skills. Um, and I just, yeah, I definitely felt that this movie wasn't worth it in terms of all the other things that happened around it. And <laughs> the more I research into it and the more that I listen to, to, you know, different interviews and stuff, the more I'm just like, wow, this movie doesn't deserve any of this attention. Like it's so just poorly done. There's even camera movements and directing choices and dialogue that I just went, what? Like that's, what are you doing? Like, Who okayed so this? Yeah. Who <laughs> said this was fine? Like there's just Olivia. too much of that. And, yeah. Like, and again, again, I, I think this was very poorly directed. This was a very poorly directed film. Um, it lacked cohesion. It lacked, um, uh, it really lacked clarity as to what, what, what you were doing and what you were trying to say. There were some lines that I think were said because in the minds of, again, probably the writers, they were like, oh, this will get a cheer moment or this will get a shock this moment. Is but it didn't, yeah, this is edgy, but it made, it made no sense in the context of what was going on. <laughs> so it, it, it just fell flat. The movie fell so flat. And the more you discovered, in the movie, the less interesting it was. Well, I like every I, new discovery just made it less interesting. I was like, I oh, know okay. you don't. This is one of those movies where like you don't want to give spoilers because there is no, like, I guess, a twist. But like even watching the trailer, it just seems like a remake of the Stepford Wives. Um, it definitely has those vibes, but it, it I think it, it wants is a different you to feel that way. It is different, yeah, okay. and especially even. That Stepford Wives kind of feeling is only in the first little bit of the movie. Like they do at the beginning, they do do like, oh, here's like the party and like the everyday for this housewife and all these things that happen. And like this kind of like communal, everyone does the same thing. Everyone is in the same house kind of feel that that does sort of fade as you go. Like as Florence Pugh is discovering things and and trying to figure things out, they do go a different direction with it. But again, that made it less and less interesting. Um, the beginning of the movie was much more palatable to me than the, than the rest of it. And it just came off very hollow. Like there was just nothing, nothing to it. Nothing, nothing happened. Um, so for me, it's a skip it. And even uh, originally when I went to see this, I'm like, well, if I really like it, I'm not going to give a long review and I'm going to wait and try to get Taylor to see it. And then we'll talk about it. Honestly, Taylor, don't even go see this. I'm just going to read like the... Not- the Wikipedia plot. Yes, to see exactly. What the twist is. <laughs> Just read the Wikipedia plot. Don't see it. There's so many other movies. Like I have a whole list of movies that just came out that I want to go see um, that I'm going to be reviewing over the next couple of weeks, and all of them seem more interesting than this. So yeah, bummer, don't though. worry, darling. It's a skip it for me. It is a bummer, um, but it, unfortunately, it's just bad. Like there's Mike, nothing to say. Now I want to quickly tell my story. Yeah, I was going to say, but something something interesting did happen while you saw the movie. Yes, something <laughs> very interesting that, for me at least, blew my mind. So here I am in, in the movie theater, and, and right in the seats directly like below and in front of me is this couple. And the whole movie, they keep shining their phones at each other. So I was getting really annoyed. I'm like, okay, this is really annoying me. I'm like, like, why do you have your phones other- out? Like as something, if they're showing something. texts or something. I yes, I couldn't see. It looked t- I couldn't see it at the beginning, but that's part of the reveal. Okay. So at the end of the movie, okay, it turns out the entire time the gu- it's a guy and a girl. 
the guy was using Google Translate to translate the movie into Spanish for her. And he speaks English and she speaks Spanish. And the only way they can communicate is through Google Translate. And he was translating this crazy movie with all these weird turns to Google so she could, so she could see. And I was, I was floored. I was so floored that I ran after them in, in the movie theater and I couldn't find them, Taylor. It's like they disappeared into the, into the zakat because the minute I realized this, I, I ran out of the theater and I looked around, I looked in the bathrooms and like they were gone. They just left. And all I wanted to know was, are you two in a relationship? Like, how did you meet? How, 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 how long have you been in Canada? Like, do you just, are you been here for a long time and just never learned English? Like, how did you two meet each other? And like, is this how your lives are? Like, what, like, I just want to know all this information because they were using Google Translate the whole movie. And at one point in time, he had to stop because the movie got so crazy that he didn't know how to translate it into Google for her. And it was just, what is going on? I feel like she would miss like half the dialogue because there's how do you no do that way in real understand. time? How I know, do that and there's time? no way, and and there's no way that you could trans, especially a movie like this that's a like very artsy and out there. Like Google Translate, apparently. So apparently, I, I I don't know anything about any languages. This is just from what I've discovered. Apparently, Spanish specifically um, has like a formal and an informal. And so like when you're talking to friends and family and someone, you would actually be speaking more informally, which has different sayings and different things. Whereas Google Translate is going to do it formally and quite literally. So a lot of the things that you're like artistically trying to convey is being literally translated into a formal sense for the other person. Like there's just so many questions. I have so many questions for that couple and I wish I had found them. Like I, it, just, it didn't clue in and I didn't like make this discovery right away it was too late they were already gone and again i think they just disappeared i don't even know if they were real like they just vanished and i'm i have so many questions about their lives i understand like wanting to do a date night but like why not wait to rent the movie when you can use subtitles a hundred percent i don't again that's that was going to be one of the questions that i was going to ask them um but unfortunately i didn't get a chance that's my quick story and that on the whole walk home taylor this was the thing that was on my mind i wasn't debating the movie or thinking about the movie i was going back and forth like how how do they how do they communicate and how do they like do they ever talk on the phone or is it all just sort of text through google translate and when they get together like do they have to use google translate like do they have dinners together like do they go to many movies is this how they do it? so many questions and i and i wish i had the answers and but it will remain a what was her what was her take on the movie I don't, I, that's what, what was your take on the movie? What did she, what did she think? We'll never know. (laughs) And then this is the mystery that is occupying my time way more than Don't Worry Darling. Like, I just, I can't even, I couldn't get over that. I was so enthralled by the whole situation. So there you go. That was my, that was my story of, of seeing Don't Worry Darling. Um, But uh, we're, we're at, once again, we're out of time. Uh, at the end of, of our episode this week. As I mentioned, there's a lot of kind of cool movies that I want to review over the next coming weeks. I'm going to go see um, uh, The Woman King and Bros and probably Barbarian and Smile. All these movies, many of them at least, are based on original content. So if you're always complaining that there aren't original movies, there's a bunch out now. So go check them out. Um, but thank you again. And you'll hear from us next week. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. 
recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.